Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? Good, good. Um, so, so my name is, is Ian, uh, Ian Ray. I'm the youth pastor here at, at Indy Vineyard. So, awesome. Um, so I, I get the chance and opportunity to speak this morning. I'm super excited. Um, and actually, this is kind of fun. Randy and I are kind of doing a little switcheroo. So you guys kind of get to see what, what goes in in youth. And then uh, Randy's going to be, be coming uh, tonight and speaking, which I'm super excited about. Um, and so the video, video you saw, we, uh, we show that in youth uh, before we kind of transition. So I think I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but we're actually also going through a series in Mark. Uh, and it's called Six Minutes in Mark. And basically the, the whole premise is, it's just to get into scripture, to get the students into uh, reading the word of God. And so we actually have a schedule each day. So I actually assign homework, and somehow they still like me. I don't, I don't understand. Um, and each day we'll just spend six minutes in Mark. And the whole premise is that it, it just takes six minutes. Like it, it doesn't, it's not that we have to set aside, you know, this three-hour time or, or anything. Like we just we get in it, and we get to know Jesus through it. And so I'm really excited to be able to speak uh, today uh, just in Mark, and, and kind of, we're going to be talking a little through uh, Mark 10. Um, but but to get started, I so if anyone does anyone have like something that like calms them down, like some like you have like something that you kind of like it calms you down. A couple of people. Um, for me, in college, I would always put on Bob Ross and and listen to and just like do my homework, and I would always fall asleep. So to kind of calm me down, I got my Bob Ross socks on, um, just like in case any of the nerves, you know, so I can calm myself down a little bit. Um, and I do want to address the elephant in the room. Yes, I am the youth pastor, and I, I found this meme, and sometimes you show up and you find out the youth pastor speaking, and you like, you can see here, you immediately go into reverse, you're like, the youth pastor speaking today, we're out, so thank you for, for when you guys found out that I was speaking, that you stayed, that, that, that makes me feel good, I really appreciate that. Um, actually, here's a, here's a picture of, of when I actually asked to speak. Um, the, then the youth pastor asked if he could preach on a Sunday morning. They're laughing. That was staff meeting a couple of weeks ago. Everyone was just cracking up like, yeah, right. Um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you guys, this is kind of, it's kind of a, a, a jokey uh, thing that a lot of times they say youth pastors and, and senior pastors, like maybe you guys are wondering, like, what's your relationship like with Randy, like I'm coming and I'm coming up with these like crazy ideas, right? And and I just a video uh, to kind of display. Why are you the way that you are? Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that way. <laughs> I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. And up there, you can see a uh, youth pastor. We're going to shoot students out of a cannon toward the pond, which to a youth pastor, that's like youth ministry 101. That's what you do. And senior pastor, you can't do that. So that's a, a lot of our interactions, kind of how it goes. He shuts it down really quick. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Randy and I have a great relationship. I'm super blessed to have him as, as our lead pastor. And that actually has not happened. I have not come up with uh, I have not asked to do that yet. Randy, it probably will be coming. I probably will ask that at some point. And all the youth in the room are like, yes, let's do it. Let's, let's shoot out of a cannon. Um, okay. So, um, so you might have seen me up here giving community notes a, a couple times. And, and so this is the, the first chance that I have to speak, which I'm, I'm really excited about. It's crazy. I've been here for seven months. So, I mean, time has, has flown. It's like coming off on eight months. So, like, I've been here 
I guess in my mind, it's like I've been here a while, but I'm so blessed of just continuing to see what the Lord's going to continue to do. Um, so I kind of have a similar tactic with my jokes as I do with my ministry. Uh, I'm kind of going for the one, right? If you guys, if anyone knows me, they know, like, I will, I will say the joke. And as long as, like, I'll whisper it, and as long as, like, the one person gets it, like, I'm good, like, I'm sold. And if no one hears it, it's literally just me and my joke in, like, quiet room, and, and that's okay. So I've kind of lowered the standards. So if I tell a joke and there's, like, one person that laughs, like, I got to win. So that's, that, that, that's good for me. Um, and I just want you guys to, to get to know me a little bit. Maybe you guys have got to know me some, but I want you to, to kind of get into my, my sense of humor. Um, so I said at the beginning that I'm going to address the elephant in the room and I just want to, I want to walk you through my thought process. I was thinking, I thought this would be hilarious. You guys might not, but if one person finds it funny, then we're good. Um, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. And I thought, okay, I need to get someone like an elephant onesie or like an elephant costume. They sneak in after, after worship. They sit there. And I say, okay, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. They stand up. I say, okay, you've been addressed. Thank you. They sit back down, and then I just keep moving on. I think that that would be hilarious. Like, I, maybe a couple of you are like, really? And I know you can't do that, so I figured I would just tell you that that's what I wanted to do rather than actually doing it. Um, but now you know. You know, know my sense of humor a little bit. I also really like dad jokes. Um, is anyone aware of what, what a dad – thank you. Yeah, exactly. Dad jokes. Yeah. So that's – I'm very excited to be a father. Um, that is long down the road. Do not worry. Um, but, but I'm really excited to be a father only because I have an excuse for my dad jokes. Like I tell them now, but people are like, really? And so I got a, I got a text from my friend. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. I got a text the other day, and someone texted me and said, hey, what makes a dad joke a dad joke? And I'm thinking through it. I'm like, okay, yeah, they know, like, this is kind of my sense of humor. What do I like to say? Um, so, so I answered, and I said, okay, it's when, like, it's a joke that a father would, would tell their kid, and the kid would just yell, dad, and just groan. Like, you got to, like, dad jokes have to make people groan, right? And so I, I sent that to them. I'm like, okay, here's what a dad joke is. And this is someone who um, – they definitely have a sense of humor, but I thought they were just asking me a sense, like just a question, and so I, I responded seriously. And they said a dad joke uh, becomes a dad joke uh, when it becomes apparent. And yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, see, grows. See, that's what it is, guys. I walked right into that. Like I was thinking it was like a serious question, a serious answer. I gave it, and it was a joke. It was a dad joke all along. And I just went along for the ride, and it was like so heartbreaking that I didn't see it coming. Like I literally just like sunk in my chair like no that didn't just happen um so yeah so now you guys know you know you know my humor um and and i'm gonna go ahead and, and get started today so we're talking through uh the gospel of mark so we can kind of see that, that mark is a gospel of doing right we've kind of been breaking it down we've been seeing jesus is doing all these different things he's we see him doing miracles casting out demons uh like it's a gospel of doing. He kind of gets straight to the point. It's a super short gospel, uh, just 16 chapters. And today we're going to be in, the, uh, in chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles on you, you can, you can open up your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, we have it up here. Um, but I would recommend Bible is great. Okay, so we're going to be in, in uh, chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. And, and I'm going to read that. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV translation. Um, Let's see here. All 
Okay, so just to get a, a little context, right before, um, right before here in Mark, we see Jesus has just kind of announced to, uh, to the disciples that he's predicting his death a third time, right? So he says, like, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. So that's kind of what happened right before this passage that I'm going to read. So let's go ahead and read together. Uh, then James and John, the, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word and, and, and the richness that is within. And, and so I, got, I just ask as we break this down that, that we break it down in, in, into bite-sized chunks and, and we're able to understand what you're trying to say in this passage. And, and Lord, I just ask that the words that I speak, let them not be mine, but let them be yours, Lord. Let us just look to you. Ultimately, we want to give you the glory. We, we look to you. We want to glorify you, Jesus. And so we just ask that, that this message does that today and, and we're able just to... Uh, just to hear what you have to say, God. We're just so thankful for this time, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. So I, um, we're going to kind of walk through this passage just a little bit and kind of break down. And, and you can, if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. You can follow along up here. Um, we're just kind of going to, what does it say, right? So uh, at the beginning, we have James and John. So James and John uh, are sometimes known as the sons of thunder. Um, so we see this in Luke 9, Luke 9, I believe, like 50, 53. Uh, basically, that's when they say, like, people are kind of opposing Jesus, and they say, well, do we, should we, like, get fire from heaven? Should we call it down upon them because they're opposing you? And Jesus is kind of like, okay, calm down. So from, from here on out, they're kind of known as, like, the sons of thunder. They're, like, super bold, super brash. Um, so they are the son of Zebedee and Siloam. Um, and so James, the James here that we see is, is actually called James the Greater. Um, so, and that's to differentiate him from James the Less, which again, you're kind of like, I know, I, I'm not making that up. You can look it up. Um, and that's not to say like who's better, who's, who's least, but it's really terms of like age and height. So it's saying like, this is differentiating from James the Apostle. Okay, so, um, and then we also see the brother of John, which we know is like the beloved disciple, right? Uh, the beloved apostle. And so they're brothers. And um, I think that this, this part is like a really significant part in their life, uh, particularly in the, in the life of James. And so we see this, this is kind of who's talking. They're super bold. They're super brash. And, and this is what they say to Jesus. They say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask, which like, yeah, you know, like, I can't even imagine you, like, going up to a friend and saying, hey, you, will you do whatever I ask of you? And, like, what's your reaction going to be? My reaction would be, like, hold up what? And if your reaction is, like, 
absolutely, of course, you're a much better person than I am. Um, but I'm just imagining they're, they're going up to Jesus, who they've seen do all these miracles. They've seen had all this power. He's done all these things, and they look him in the face to say, hey, we want you to do something for us. And, and so I'm expecting, like, when I'm reading through this the first time, I was expecting, like, no, thank you. I'm actually the one that tells you what to do. But instead, uh, we see, and I love this. In fact, this is what Jesus says. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Like, he doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't say, like, how dare you? He says, what do you want me to do for you? And then their reply says, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Now, talk about cocky. Like, they say, we want to, we want, like, we want glory. And so just, just to understand the context, when, when Jesus, uh, before, we see uh, that he says he will be delivered over the chief, uh, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, um, so they, didn't, they still didn't quite understand the idea of the kingdom of God. They, they thought that, that Jesus was coming and he was going to be putting in place a political kingdom. So kind of they're thinking, okay, Jesus is going to sit on this throne and he's going to be the ruler. He's going to be the king. They didn't understand, like, oh, he's talking about a spiritual kingdom. And so when they're asking, hey, can we be at your right and your left? Can we sit in your glory? They're kind of saying, like, we want to be your right hand and your left hand man. We want to be, like, the powerful ones in, in your kingdom. And, and they're kind of thinking a political uh, kingdom at this point. And so this is uh, what Jesus replies. He says, you don't know what you are asking. And then I, I'm so surprised by this. He, Jesus says, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? So he asked them, hey, hey, can you do this? And for me, it's just, it's so wild to kind of wrap your mind around it, that Jesus is saying, okay, like, can you do this? And so um, in, in the Old Testament, we see this in, in Psalm 75, 8, in Isaiah 51, 22. Um, the cup at this point represents the Lord's judgment and wrath on wickedness. So that's kind of the Old Testament kind of view of what does it mean to, like, drink from the cup. And then we see in here the cup has, has kind of negative connotations but a little differently. So the cup kind of represents the, the cup of divine wrath that Jesus would drink on. Um, on behalf of his people to save them from their sin. And now, of course, when, when Jesus is asking this, he's not saying like, okay, can you take all of the sin on yourself? Because we know for a fact that only Jesus can do that. We can't take any sin upon yourself. But, but I think kind of what he's saying here is, is, can you drink the cup? Can you, can you suffer for me? Can you drink this cup? Are you willing to suffer for me? And I think that, that James and John at this point, I, don't think, I still don't think they quite fully understand it. I don't think they like, they're completely comprehending what he's saying. And I'll be honest, I'm expecting, I'm expecting to, them to say, no, we cannot. In fact, actually, uh, in, fact in, the, in the Greek, kind of the, the language of the question that Jesus is asking, it's asked in such a way that he's expecting a negative answer. So that doesn't mean, obviously, Jesus is God, so he knows that it's, he knows that it's true. Um, he knows what they're going to say, but he's kind of expecting a negative response. And they don't give that. They say, we can, they answered. Again, talk about boldness. They say, yeah, we can do it. We don't even fully understand what that means, but, but we can do it. And then, again, Jesus is not rebuking them. He's not saying, no, get away. You know, we see a couple chapters before he says, like, get behind me, Satan, right? And, but he doesn't say that. His response is, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. And he goes on later to say, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And so 
Jesus is saying, yeah, you're right. You answered yes, and you are going to do it. You are going to, you are going to suffer for me. And we actually know and we see uh, that um, we see that James is actually one of the first martyrs. He's one of the first ones to die for the faith. And so we know for a fact that when they say, yes, we can, that they do end up suffering for Jesus. And now, now there's a little bit of a flip. Um, so if we jump down to, uh, to verse 40, 43, um, it says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever, and whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. So then Jesus is kind of flipping the script and he's kind of saying, okay, now we're going to humble ourselves. Now we're going to lower ourselves. We're going to be servants to others. And I want you to kind of look at it from a new perspective of we've grown up with that. We've, we've grown up with the, the last will be first, and, and we've kind of grown up with that mentality. We've heard it in church our whole lives. But at that point, that was completely countercultural. Like, they didn't know, they didn't understand what that meant. And so for them, that's like, okay, we don't quite get what you're saying. You're, you're saying something that's very not what we would understand it to be. And so in First Peter 5, 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And so we see all throughout Scripture about, about humility and, and humbling ourselves. And, and we kind of see that at the end of, of this passage. And, and, and for me, what, what I was like praying through of like, what, what am I going to bring today? I, I felt there was this tension in this passage. There was like, at the beginning we read, we see James and John, we see their boldness, we see their audacity. They're like, we're going to go for it, absolutely. And then at the end, Jesus, he said, you know, humble yourself. The Son of Man came to be. To be, not to be served, but to serve. So we, we see this, like, in, in, our, in our culture, we see two different things. We see, like, humility is over here, and we see boldness that's over here. And they just, they seem so apart from each other. But I, I don't think they're actually that too far apart. So this, this tension that I feel, the beautiful thing about this message is, is we're kind of looking for, like, what is the middle but honestly, the middle, I think, is different for every single person. If, if you heard and you maybe saw, uh, you saw that I was talking about boldness and, and humility and, and the, the healthy tension, if you saw the word bold and you, like, perked up, you, like, all the evangelists in the room, like, got on the edge of the seat and they're like, yeah, we all need to be bold, like, let's go, you probably need to be, hear about the humility side. And then on the opposite end, if... if these would be maybe the people that, like, for the greeting, like, we are supposed to greet people, and you're, like, sinking into the edge of your chair, like, ceasing to exist, and you're like, no, absolutely, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm humble. I'm a servant of all. Like, maybe you need to hear about boldness. And so this is, this is so, so relative that each person is going to be hearing something differently, and that's okay because we're, we're kind of looking for, for that middle. And so... Um, So for the year of 2018, my word was actually bold. That was actually my word for the year 2018. And so if you can't guess, I kind of fall into to one of these categories that I'm a little more passionate about. I'm like, let's go bold. And then humility, I'm like, well, we'll talk about it later, you know. Um, but which we will. We will be talking about it. So, um, so for, for me, uh, in 2018, my, my word was bold. And I grew in so many different ways. I grew in evangelism. I grew in sharing the gospel. And, and I remember how it was, like, super scary for me. It's like, you're going to go up to a stranger. Believe it or not, I used to be a lot more timid than I am now. Like, I was still extroverted, but, like, still talking to a stranger, like, that's a bit weird. Now, if you know me, I'm like, strangers are the best ever. Like, they're just friends you haven't met with. Like, let's do it. Um, and so 
I grew, and, and I, I stepped out in boldness, and, and it was this huge kind of transition for my entire year of 2018. Um, and so I, I want to share a little bit about, um, about kind of me just what it looked like for me that year, kind of stepping out in boldness, and, and hopefully things that I learned I can pass on to you. Um, so I was in South Africa. It would have been in, I guess it would have been in March. Yeah, so I guess it would have been kind of about right now. I was in South Africa, so a year ago. Wow, that's wild. Um, I was in South Africa, and if you haven't been to South Africa, it's like a super, it's just so different, where it's like we have, it's super westernized, and then you also have kind of um, very impoverished uh, parts, and literally you have like the rich of the rich and the poor of the poor, and so it's always super hard, like going from the nice and, and going to the old, and I was working with an organization called Impact Africa, and for uh, Impact Africa, what they have a ton of different conglomerates kind of in their ministry. They have uh, ministries for babies, ministries for going into schools, tons of different things. And the particular ministry that I was working with was uh, the evangelism ministry. And so what we did is we would go out and basically we just shared the gospel for the whole month. And I was able to, um, like I said, grow in boldness. And, and what we did is we went into these things called squatter camps. And squatter camps are, they are basically uh, these camps that are the South African government has granted. And they said, you can... You know, you can come, you can move here and live here. It's for free. And so people from all over Africa would move to these squatter camps. I mean, like hardly any acreage at all. And there's tons and tons of people with nothing but shacks and huts on these camps. And so they're, they're in these camps and, and they're like searching for work. And so there's tons of different languages. South Africa, I believe, has 11 national languages which is crazy. And then Zimbabwe, which is right up north, has 16 national languages. So they're all speaking different languages. You go to someone, you might have a translator that doesn't know this person's language. And, um, but we had the chance of basically we would just go around. And again, for an extrovert, that's like, let's go. I get to meet people. I get to like knock on doors and be like, hey, let's hang out. Like, that's awesome. And so I, I go and, and we're just, we're hanging out and, and sharing the gospel. And there's this one day, it's a pretty normal day. We're just, we're walking around. And, and eventually I I come to this, this lady, and I'm, I'm with a group of people, um, and I come to this lady, and she's doing her, her laundry, and we ask, hey, is that okay if, like, we help you out? And so she's super sweet. She lets us come up and let, let us just help her out. So we're washing her laundry, just, just hanging out with her, and, and we find out, you know, she has a daughter, and at one point she's on the phone, and, and she gives it to one of, one of my friends who talks to her daughter on the phone. I mean, the story, like, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and we find out she's a Christian and a believer, and it's just, like, really encouraging. Like, sometimes you go and you meet non-believers, and you have people commit their life to Jesus, and, and other times you have Christians, and it's super encouraging for you just to share in the faith uh, with people of other cultures. And so we find out she's a Christian, and it was, like, it was a really good time, and we walk away. Uh, we kind of have to get going around three or four, so we walk, walk away, and, um, and as I'm walking out, I kind of, like, feel uh, kind of in my spirit, like, you need to go back and, and, and rub mud in her eyes. I had the same reaction, yeah. Um, and so I'm like, that is, no. She's like the sweetest old lady. Like, I would never do that. And so I keep walking, and I feel it again, and my heart starts beating faster. It's like, you need to go and rub mud in her eyes. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, there's no way. And I literally, I keep walking. You know, like when you're kind of fighting inner turmoil, like you know you're supposed to do something, but it's like super crazy. That's what I felt. And so I'm like walking. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do this. Absolutely not. And at this point, my heart is beating so fast. Like, I know I have to turn around, and I need to go and rub mud in her eyes. And I'm like, guys, 
this is crazy. I, I don't, I've never done this. This is wild. We need to turn around. We need to go back and rub mud in her eyes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, it was the same reaction for the people I was with. Literally, I remember there was a girl from Cape Town, and she's like, that is not sanitary. And I'm like, I know. Like, no, it's not. Um, and if you know the story in the Gospels, we know that, he, uh, that Jesus actually spits with the mud. I did not feel inclined to do that, just to, just to warn you guys. So we go back, and, and I know that that means, like, there's something to do with eyesight. But that had never come up in the conversation at all. And so... Um, you know, she clearly could see us. I, she wasn't blind, and so I was very confused. So we went back, and, and I just shared. I'm like, listen, this is really weird. Like, and please say no if you, you know, like every way out, like that I can see. Please say no if you can. Like, if you don't want this to happen, I don't want it to happen. Is that okay if I rub mud on your eyes? Because do you have any problems with your eyesight? And she says, yeah, I actually do. I actually am going to a clinic in a couple of days to get my eyesight checked because I haven't been able to see past 20 feet for a couple of years. And I'm like, okay, that means we are doing this. Like, um, so I, I, I go outside and, and she's like, yeah, like I would love that. I would love if you pray for me. Which, again, uh, Randy had kind of said a couple of weeks ago, I was like, Jesus doesn't have like a method. And I agree. So I like part of me is like, Jesus, can you do this without the mud? Like, um, but I think, I think sometimes he has to humble us, right? Sometimes it's just stepping out in faith and doing what he's asking us to do. And so I think that part was as much for me as it was for her. And so I got the mud and I, I kind of rub it on her eyes and I'm like, close your eyes. This, I'm so sorry. And, and we pray and we just ask in Jesus name, be healed in Jesus name. Let yourself be, let yourself see, uh, Jesus. We, ha- we see authority in Jesus name, right? And so we just prayed with that authority that's been granted to us. And so then we asked her, we got some water, we washed off her eyes and her face, and it was kind of muddy, and we asked her to open her eyes, and so she opened, and we're just like, where are you at? Like, what, what's going on? Can you see? And her eyes kind of perk up a little bit. She's like, that's not blurry anymore. Hallelujah, right? And so she, she's able to see uh, farther than she ever, and she's like so excited, and she's saying, we're going to go, uh, I'm going to go to the doctor, and I get a share, like, oh my gosh, this amazing thing happened. And so we left super encouraged that day. We're like, wow, God is so good. He, he is here. He is evident. And I wanted nothing in me more to run away. In fact, I, that's what I did. But eventually Jesus brought me back, and I was able to, to do that. And the mud still is a, such a crazy story. But I, I was able to grow and to step in boldness. Amen. So in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15.10, this is what it says. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this is Paul talking. He's writing to the church of, of Corinth. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And so, so Paul is saying, it, it wasn't me. I, he, in fact, he says, no, I worked harder than everyone else. I, I, I did the stuff like I turned, I turned back when I needed to. I did all these things. But then he says, but, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God that was with me. And so one, one big thing that, that I learned in, in terms of boldness is, is the less it's about yourself, the more bold you're able to be. Right? When I remove myself out of the equation, because here's the thing with the mud, that was all about me. 
right? I was like, I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to rub mud on this nice lady's eyes and make her eyesight worse. Like, no, that was about me. In fact, my friends, they were even saying, like, that is super unsanitary. You can't do that. But the biggest thing I learned is, is, is don't make it about you. And so in, in boldness, what I learned, and, and I just want you guys to take that with you, is, is the less it's about you, the more bold you're able to be. Because it's not about us, it's about Jesus. And the more it's about Jesus, the more bold we're able to be. And so sometimes we get so focused on ourselves, so focused on, on what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to say, that, that we, we surrender and we don't do what we're supposed to do. And so my empowerment to you that I kind of learned just in that season is stop making it about you. And, and, and as you do that, I believe you're going to step into deeper places of boldness. Number two, give God all the credit. He gets it all. Here's the thing. Did I do anything? No, I didn't. It was Jesus that healed him. It was, it was God, or, or sorry, uh, it healed her. It's Jesus. It's always God. So if we give God all the credit, it's not about us anymore. And then all of a sudden, we're able to be bold because it's like, I'm not being bold because I am that great. I'll tell you what, if you guys think I'm great, I promise I'm not. Like, it's not about me. It's about him. And so when we start giving God the credit in the bold steps that we're making, then we're able to actually walk it out a little bit more and, and, a, and a little bit more. And so my encouragement to you is that God gets all the credit anyway. In the end, he's going to get all the credit. It's not us. They're, they're not going to be in heaven saying, wow, Ian did this or, or Randy did that. It's going to be about, about what, what kingdom impact has happened, what Jesus has done, what God has done. And so in, in terms of boldness, I just want you guys to think, um, what's an area that maybe I'm timid about? So for some, it might be sharing the gospel, um, and my encouragement to you is to do it. For others, it might be standing up in your workplace, and you might be saying, like, okay, I, I need to stand up for what I believe in. My encouragement to you would be do it. Or, or maybe it's, it's even just being kind of what, what Merlin talked about, atmosphere changers, right, of just, like, coming in and changing an atmosphere. And maybe that takes, like, everything in you. Again, those ones who, like, sunk in their seat, like, Maybe that's what your boldness is. I'm not saying that your boldness needs to be going rubbing mud in a woman's eye. That's not what I'm saying at all, because everyone is going to look a little different. But my challenge to you is there is some step that you need to step into a little bit more into boldness. And so that's kind of why I said we're looking for, for the middle. So my, just, just set your pride down, step out of the way, and let Jesus use you into greater boldness. And now to kind of segue into, into humility, um, kind of, so we kind of broke down the passage. The first part, what I believe is, is really focusing on the boldness of James and John, and then we learn about the humility that Jesus talks about. So Ephesians 3, oh, excuse me, Ephesians 3, 7 through 13, it says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him and through faith. In him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. And so in the beginning, we kind of see in, in this passage, Paul says, I am the least 
of the Lord's people. Like he's already making less of himself. And this is always so confusing for me because Paul is also the guy that in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like do what I'm doing, but then we also see I'm the least. And so I think Paul is a perfect example of walking in this tension, of walking between boldness and walking in humility. And we might see in one passage him, him walking in one and one passage him walking in the other. But I think Paul is a, is a perfect testament of, if you want to say like, what, what's a biblical example? I think, I think Jesus is a perfect example. I think Paul also exemplifies that. Of, of what does it look like to kind of walk in the middle, walk in between the two? So humility, what, what's the definition of humility? So humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Now, do you see kind of what I said? It has a correlation with boldness. I said, make it, stop making it about yourself and you can be bold. Humility is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Um, there's this great C.S. Lewis quote, which I think he embodies it just so well. He says, the essence of humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself. It is thinking of myself less. And I think that, that encompasses what humility is. And, and Randy actually talked about humility in the life of David this past, uh, this past October. And so I'm going to plagiarize, but if I tell you I'm doing it, it's not a sin. So, um, so what Randy said in, in kind of the conclusions in that message was the most humble person doesn't tell their own story. They listen well. They lift others up besides yourself. They're willing to acknowledge their gifts and who gave them those gifts. <clears throat> Excuse me. They carry a peaceful presence. And so, again, humble people, it's not about them. They, they say, like, I know it's not about me, and they kind of lower themselves for others. And it, stops, it kind of ends with that me, me, me mentality and becomes that you, you, you mentality or, or that mentality for others. And so I think we, we all need to be humbled at, at some point. Of, like, and if, you're, if you get humbled today, I'm really sorry, but I do think, I do think that that's important. And so for me, I remember I, – there was this time, um, it would have been, I don't know exactly how long ago, but I was pressing in with the Lord, and I was just saying, okay, I want to get deeper. Give me some steps to get deeper. And he kind of gave me these steps, and, and one step that he said is, I want you to worship unashamedly. And I was like, whoa, my pride, absolutely not. And he's like, no, I want you to make a fool of yourself. I want you to dance around. And I'm like, I, I'm not uncomfortable with hand raising. I'm not uncomfortable. Like, I grew up in a church, and, and that was okay. But I won't lie, I was that person. I'm like, kind of kind of worshiping and i got the eye like okay they're doing okay we're good and they're doing this oh hands down okay here we go lord like you know um and i'll be honest like that was me and i was really worried and always focused on what other people are thinking kind of with my with my eyes open and the lord was saying no i actually want you to set your pride down because worship isn't about you it's about me you need to lift me up and so then it took a while i won't lie it was a process of, of me humbling myself and for me playing my pride down and saying okay we're going to do this. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to make worship about you and not the people next to me. This is our space. And so that was something for me that was super humbling where I had to completely lay my pride down. And maybe you guys have had that in your life or maybe you, you will have that time in your life of, of sometimes we, we have to set it down. And, and for me, that's what it was. I, I was so worried about others that I was able to set that down. Um, Timothy Keller ha has this quote in his book, uh, it's The Self-Forgetfulness. He says, uh, gospel humility means I stop connecting every experience, every conversation with myself. In fact, I stop thinking about myself. The freedom of self-forgetfulness, the blessed rest that only self-forgetfulness brings. It's not about us anymore. Humility means it stops being about us. We stop connecting everything with ourselves. 
And so when that happens, we start looking kind of from a different lens. The American dream all of a sudden doesn't make as much sense. We start walking with gospel humility, and all of a sudden it's not about us anymore. And so my, my big encouragement to, to everyone here is, is it doesn't need to be about us. And like I said, in the beginning is, for me, I, I'm, all about, I'm all about application. I'm like, okay, well, how does this apply to our lives? And I'm going to be honest, I have no idea. I'm just being honest because here's the thing. Everyone's middle is going to be different. The healthy tension we live in, everyone is going to be different. So again, if, if you, you perked up in your seat in boldness, maybe you need to hear about the humility and lowering yourself. Or, or maybe you, you feel lowly or you feel, not even lowly, but, but you, feel, you feel humble. Maybe you need to step out in boldness. And so I'm going to kind of back off. And I'm going to let kind of the Holy Spirit and just the Lord, because the Lord knows what we need. The Lord knows where the middle is for us. And so I'm going to close. And, and Lynn, if you'll, if you'll come up, my biggest, my biggest thing is, is I want the Lord to do the work. So I want you guys just, just to ask, uh, as I pray, what do I need? Do I need maybe some more boldness? Do I need maybe some more humility? What is it for you to find that, that, uh, that healthy middle? And so I believe that, that the world is saying that boldness and humility are intention, but I believe that heaven says that they go together. I, I don't think they're intention at all. I think we just have to walk in that. We have to walk in both. And, and so what does it look like to walk in both? And so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and, and ministry team, if, if you'll come up. And, and like I said, I just want you guys to ask yourselves, what do I need? Do I need boldness? Do I need humility? Maybe you need a little bit of both, and that's okay. And so, Lord, we just, we just ask that you be here. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that, that there, there's tension, but it's healthy. And, and we thank you that, that maybe I need more boldness or maybe I need humility. So I just ask that, that you speak to the congregation, that you speak to these people and, and what they need, that you reveal to them what they need. Lord, you are good, and, and we rejoice. We rejoice in, in the things that you're doing here and and through us and, and what you're going to continue to do, Lord. And so I just ask that you speak and be in this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you can come forward if, if you need prayer. And again, if, if you want maybe imparted boldness or imparted humility or, or both, or you need particular a prayer, prayer requests, anything that's going on in your life, our, our ministry team will pray for you. So we'll just take some time and take some minutes, just uh, some time with the Lord. Last uh, few weeks, we've seen the Lord just release some healing um, in different areas, and got a few more uh, words for this morning. Uh, the first is, uh, if, if you have eczema, I feel like the Lord wants to clear that up. Um, if you have tendonitis in your in either shoulder or, or both shoulders, uh, the Lord wants to wants to heal that this morning. Uh, I also think there's somebody who's recently diagnosed with an enlarged heart, and the Lord wants to return that to its normal size. Um, I don't know if this next one is for multiple people or for one. Um, I just saw a picture of, uh, like, three ulcers 
uh, two kind of on the top and, and one on the bottom. So if you have, if that's you, um, I think the Lord wants to wants to address that. Um, also, if you are, are struggling with blurred vision, I think particularly in the right eye, uh, the good news is we don't have mud here this morning, so so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, and then the last thing is um, that, that somebody handed to me was uh, to just give encouragement. If you've been struggling with something physically for a long time and, and you're losing hope, the Lord wants to encourage you. And maybe today is that, that day that something happened. So come forward, uh, receive prayer, ask somebody around you uh, to pray for you.